under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Uh, welcome. On this day, I see clearly. Can't get this damn song out of my head. Been watching too much wrestling. Old wrestling. Just hear the pyros going on. It goes to something that is true. Like what you watch, what you consume. It influences you, influences you all right. Oh, yeah. Because I got... I got, like... That's pretty good, actually. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. That singer's much better than that original dude. <laughs> much better. What is this, Alter no. Bridge, you were saying? I, I think so, man. I just know it as I just theme song, ring entrance music. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. <laughs> but I don't think I am. I don't know. I just, I like the song. But, like, watching wrestling, it's made me listen to some rock a little more, like metal, whatever that's called. What would that be called? I don't know. Moderate rock. Maybe. <laughs> moderate. I don't know all the names now. It's it's branched off into so many camps. But, I mean, it's also made me work out. I mean, there's only so much you can watch men and women who are in, like, great shape. And you start looking at yourself in the mirror at night, and you're like, I mean, I don't have to be, like, big and swole, but come on, man. <laughs> Go mow the grass. Yeah, I know. Do something other than eating your whole pizza at night. That actually is a big secret. If you want to lose weight, ladies and gentlemen, don't eat a whole large pepperoni pizza at night. It worked for me. <laughs> yeah. But mine's frozen. But I just can't, I just cut that out. I started to lose weight. Yeah. And yeah. We, we talked about this the other night. If you cut out a lot of starches out of your diet. Oh, yeah. The car you, thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps. It works. It helps. You don't have to drastically like change what you eat overnight. But if you just cut down on a lot of carbs... I almost forgot we know about the carp thing. Yeah. I don't. Speaking of starch, this morning I was babysitting some kids, and I had to get them to school quick, and their hair was everywhere. You know, they woke up with bed head. I had three little ones, and normally I got one. And it. Uh, I was like, hey, what are we going to do with the hair? You got a spray bottle, you know? And the, right. little, the little girl, little Thai girl, comes running up and gives me a can of starch for, like, your clothes when you're, when you're washing clothes. To spray in the little kid's hair. I was like, are you kidding Into me? the kid's hair? She yeah. spray it in the brush and then brush it. I was like, no. You're yeah, kidding me. Your works. mama really do this? Does she know what this says? Because her mom's from Thailand. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it works. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's similar to like detangler or something like that. I don't I don't know what starch is in the first place. I, I've got a thing of like detangler, like the pink bottle that Kira uses because she's got long hair. And that's, that's yeah. Uh, oh, okay. and, the, and the starch is for when you're ironing your clothes so you don't burn it or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's supposed gives it, to be. Gives it a little stiffness, that makes little, it crisp. You know, iron those pants so good you can just stand them up in the corner. It just, it sounds so satisfying, too. It's like, 
I mean, I haven't ironed something in like 10 years, but <laughs> <laughs> feels so good. That's the advantage of wearing t-shirt and jeans. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then just go to the dry cleaners dry. for nice clothes. And I've got this conference coming up, and they're like, do you want to go to VIP events? I, could, I was offered that. And I was like, no, not really. And honestly, in my heart of hearts, the real reason, I don't want to wear a suit. <laughs> I want to put on nice clothes. Oh, come on. Not come official on. bad man Joe, right Joe, there. Joe, I don't feel like it. Joe, see, I, see, I, I told I you. I don't feel like it. I told you as your profile grows, mm-hmm. yeah, as, your, as your profile grows, the corporations come in. Yeah. And you have, to, you have to sometimes wear a suit. Well, no, if, they want, if the corporations want me, they need to accept me for who I am. Bam, that's what I say, too. Dude, if Howard Stern had to put on a suit, you're definitely going to have to put on yeah, a suit. Yeah, but he doesn't really wear suits, does he? Now he doesn't wear suits. See, he paid his price in the 90s. See, if it's like a, a wedding, I'll wear a suit. Okay, I was just going to say, I'm making sure that <laughs> January 26th, oh, no, I'm going to get not, you in a suit. I, it's a weird thing because I like wearing a suit. Like, if I think I look good in a suit. It, it makes men look good. It's like yeah. the honest, if, easy if, if, way if, to make somebody look good and professional. If, if, if awesome. they're tailored right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you remember the the Bernie Sanders or oh. whatever, the Ron Paul, <laughs> no. like, suits, like the lunch at the top? Yeah. Mm. No. It's like the suit jacket's a little too big. It used to fit them when they had shoulders, but they've started to shrink. Yeah. As people do as they get up there. And, and yeah, they, they literally start to shrink. And, and that's just like, this year, I'm making it official. Hillary Clinton has to retire the pantsuits. What would you like her to wear? Regular clothes. Prison orange. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm sure you've seen these photos, though, where she's out and about, and she's all bundled up in, like, the heat. They think she's, like, wearing a huge back brace. (laughs) No, seriously. Like, somebody caught it, and it's, like, a big thing sticking out underneath whatever sweater or scarf she's wearing. It's clear there's something there, and it... People kind of looked into it, and it's like, yeah, that's a back brace. Okay, even I mean, she's up there, ain't she? She's I think in she's her fifties. Yeah, I th- well, I think older than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, much older than that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think you know she should be body positive. You know, <laughs> don't be so ableist, Hillary, trying to put on, you know, this front that you're healthy. No, wear with pride that back brace. Let no. it fly. No, gain the sympathy points. No, exactly. It's, it's, it's exactly. Like, it's like Oprah in the nineties. It's like invite you know, people to your. Family. You know, I'm big. I'm small. I'm big. I'm small. <laughs> she didn't know what she wanted to be. You know, it just changed month to month. Well, it's just I saw something earlier today. Uh, Vice News did a thing on how Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, a bunch of other comedians too, will not do college campuses anymore. So Vice News went to a small liberal arts college. Uh, I can't remember where it was. And I didn't re- I don't really remember the name of the place. I don't want to give them any publicity here in Montgomery, Alabama, because I am that influential. Um, but anyway, they had the interviewer had the three people that would make these decisions about campus events. And first off, you look at all three and they definitely have like this alternative look to them immediately like the woman had like slick back short hair with one earring and then one other woman had purple hair with you know i'm like sometimes that stuff looks really cool um and then the dude was kind of well kept it was it was definitely okay just from the appearance of him all right i'm getting this vibe but then the whole as they start talking like there's no way you can joke about anything that might have been traumatizing in somebody's life beforehand. 
So, like, you can't make jokes about sexual assault. And the interviewer said, what if it's a female comedian who's talking about her own experience and trying to make light of uh, something that's a trauma in order to process it? They're like, no, not allowed. Nobody would ever joke about things that are disgusting or terrible in life. Like, nobody can joke about death. Nobody, it's like, no, what? I guess they never met Amy Schumer. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, and here's my point. It's like, I'm all fine with letting your freak flag fly, but be happy about it. Exactly. I think there are a lot of people who are in their groups, and they're not happy about being in their group. It's about mm, these other people out there in the world. They're just, they're just not right. Well, I mean, that's that's the point. Most people can't live their own truth, so they hate on people who do. That's well said. Oh, that's why my, I'm a My threat. favorite thing that me and I just I re- just rewatched, but me and Emily watched the other night was the new Dave Chappelle thing. Oh, it's so good. Where he talks about his the transgender joke that he does. <laughs> and just like the explanation of it is is just like what you're talking about. I mean, it it's it's ridiculous that you can't make a joke. Make a joke. Well, Bill Burr in his special a few years ago, he talked about, and again, this has been driving me nuts too. And Burr rants about it all the time. That's why I love the guy. All these grown ass adults getting in trouble for stuff they say. <laughs> yeah. His example, and he, you know, he's a joke master. Well, Burr is just funny. He's one of those rare people. It's not necessarily the jokes he constructs, which he's good at, but he's just, you can listen to that guy talk, and he's just funny. But, uh, so Burr goes up and he says that there's this one bar that got in trouble on social media because they had a bumper sticker. It's run by a man and a woman, and the bumper sticker said, we like our beer like we like our uh, our abuse, domestic. (laughs) (laughs) and as Burr put it it's like a perfect joke there's no fat on that joke it is an economy of words Mm. and somebody said you need to take that down it's offensive to people that have gone through domestic abuse and I think the man and woman were like go away if you don't like it leave the bar so the person took a picture of it posted on social media huge brouhaha over it and the company fires the bar managers and it's like, it's a simple play on words. A play on words. Not everything's serious. Right. <laughs> oh, come on now. Have, hey, have, no. have, have you looked at this society? Everything's serious. No. Everything's Look at me. I'm politically a cartoon. Everything's PC now. <laughs> it's and it ridiculous. Depends, it depends on what you say, what condensation you say it in, and what market you're in when you say it. Uh-huh. You're supposed to care. It's just, it's just been driving me up a wall all week but, but, with the Roseanne you know thing. And, the, and, and you know what? The whole Roseanne thing, thing, I've said this. I, I give much respect to guys like Bill O'Reilly who just live their truth. You like it? Cool. If you don't, turn me off and keep it moving. Yeah. He doesn't care about sponsors. He says what he wants to say when he wants to say it. Oh, you've got that eye patch there. Oh. <laughs> eye patch. Yeah, it's an <laughs> eye patch. Uh-huh. No, we had a, a guest earlier this week. Um, there's this thing happening in Auburn. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people who have graduated from Auburn, some clustered into a certain years in the late 80s, early 90s, they all got this rare case of cancer, um, like ocular melanoma, eye cancer. And they've asked the state of Alabama, they've asked Auburn University, can you give us 130 grand? Because we have doctors ready to research this. We need about that much money to get it started to figure out why it's happening in this place in particular. 
And they're finding more and more people who went to Auburn who are getting this very rare type of cancer. Wow. And so since they're not getting the money from Auburn or from the state legislature or from the federal government, they decided, well, we're going to put out a, a challenge, kind of like the ice bucket challenge. And that's the eye patch challenge. So you take a video saying, I challenge you to do the eye patch challenge. You can go to eyepatchchallenge.org. I'll give them a plug. Oh. And it's like, you know, cool. I can't believe nobody would help that. You know, and you know where it's know. coming from. And that's, well, well, I mean, well, 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 you have to know what to do. Just tell them you want to build a prison. They'll give you $800 million. <laughs> Though sometimes I wonder, you know, you see somebody with an eye patch. You're like, okay, it could be very serious, like cancer. Why did I giggle when I said that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of like the next things. I'm like, because what are all the ways you could poke out your eye? I was walking in the woods <laughs> hunting and I didn't see where I was going and I got a stick right in the eyeball <laughs> twice. I have one guy in our in sixth grade in our class who was trying to put notches in a desk with a screwdriver, a flathead. And then, of course, it catches on one real tight knot in the wood, and it flies up, hits him right in the eye. <laughs> Did it stick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it really, it wasn't, like, all the way through. It, like, really tore up his cornea, where he had to get a new, like, a fake eye. Oh, that's Ooh. terrible. Yeah, man. I know. Wow, lifelong injury over trying to do something dumb. I know. I my, uh, one of my roommates, New Year's Eve. I've, I don't have good New Year's Eves. I just don't. <laughs> New Year's one in Atlanta. Well, well, that was pretty fun, actually. Well, well the thing is, well, New Year's is supposed to be... It's kind of like Vegas, you know? What mm -hmm. happens on New Year's, you just... Nobody remembers. Exactly. You leave in New Year's. <laughs> but he... We're at the bar Bourbon Street in Auburn. That, I don't know if it's still there, but it's. I'm sure the building's still there. And we're on the second floor, and we're already very drunk at this point. And I'm... I tend to, or I, I used to back then when I got really drunk. I don't know if it's like the adventurer in me or the loner. It's like I always would walk away from my friends and go just walk around the bar drunk, not saying anything to anybody, just being that creep, like, hi. <laughs> uh, so, like, I, I'm wandering, I'm wandering, wandering, and then from the crowd, like, the crowd, it's very crowded because it's New Year's Eve night. The crowd starts to part like the Red Sea. And it's not Moses. No, it's my friend who has blood, large amounts of blood. A lot of, like, I'm still freaked out all down his leg. Like, and he's holding it, like, trying to put pressure on it with his right hand. And it's, like, ridiculous. So I go in the bathroom with him and, like, help him wrap it up and make sure it's. All right. I'm like, how did this happen, dude? Again, it's the table. Like, it was one of these tables people have, you know, written things on and put notches in. He had his pocket knife. Do, 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 do. Come on. I'm going to carve my name in here. Here's an A. And, like, because it doesn't go easy. This thing's like, has lacquer on the top of it. And he got all the way to the end to his last name. Here's the R. Boom. Knife right into his thigh. 
<laughs> I love that so you know, much. You know, you know what? You know what? I wouldn't even confess to that. I'd be like, you know what? Somebody shanked me. <laughs> that's right. Somebody stabbed you in the leg? Yep, in a crowded bar. Yep, that's how it happened. With your own pocket knife? <laughs> hey, he stole it from me. You know what? I'd rather take that story than that one. That's just like Plaxico Burrs when he shot himself. You don't want to. <laughs> Dude, how do you go to jail for shooting yourself? You're the only witness to your own crime. <laughs> well, you know what? After, after witnessing this crime, I want to forgive. Me, I've been rehabilitated, and I think I have learned my own lesson. Yeah. Come on, he now. should not have. Did he end up going to jail? Yes, he should not have gone to jail I for think, that. I think he did like a year or something because he owned himself. it illegally, right? Yeah, but yeah. He, but you shot yourself. That should have been the punishment. Exactly. The dude shot himself. Don't put him in jail. He's not going to do well in jail. Oh I, man, I, I, any guy asks you, so what you in here for? Murder. <laughs> Attempted, Attempted murder. murder. <laughs> yeah. 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 Technically, you're not lying. I knew a guy that shot himself in the butt. In the, oh, how did you do that? He had the gun, the oh, gun behind the gun his, his waist back there, mm. and um, uh, he didn't have a safety on, and his loop hit the uh, the trigger, and it went in his butt cheek and out the butt cheek. Ooh. Through and through. Mm-hmm. Lucky him. Ooh, that's but nasty. you know what? This is This is why we should have classes. And see, that's just like I seen something on the internet today. Something they're about to start putting in uh, elementary classrooms, like um, you know how they have certain areas like for storm shelters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have an entire shelter in classrooms for guns. Like, oh yeah, I've like seen to these. Stop, uh, yeah, to stop bullets and stuff like that. But it's only to stop you know small caliber weapons. Hmm. That sounds so, like it could turn bad, man. What if the, the bad guy gets in the room? No, no. What if the bad guy has no. a large caliber weapon? Now you have all your targets in one singular corner in but one spot. What, is he not going to be bringing in like a fifty cal or something? Have you not? <laughs> this is like reinforced well, steel. What, wait a minute. Have you not seen, seen the, that movie? No, no, no. The last couple of shootings we've had yeah, in the United States. ARs and shotguns. Thank you. They they didn't just have, you know, little pea shooters, you know, little Saturday night yeah, specials. This isn't the 70s. An AR-15 is not going to shoot through like reinforced steel. No, that's that's like a high power 22. I had a my dad had a buddy growing up. I remember when I was like 16, he used to come to the house every now and then because uh, they were good buddies when they were in high school. And he carried a a Desert Eagle in a side holster. Wow. And I, I don't know if it was all the time, but I just remember this one time. I'm like 16, 17, and am holding a loaded Desert Eagle in my hand. Those are some huge guns. Yes, yeah. yes, they are. And, and it, yeah. So I mean, it's not like those things got to kick like hell. I imagine. Oh, oh yeah, they they say if you don't brace yourself, you can actually break your wrist firing Ooh. one Ooh. easily. I mean, th- I I get it. Like the. Guns are built to kill people. That's the whole point of the gun. But there's also, sadly, because the world is this way, there are occasions where you have to defend yourself and kill somebody. Ah. So, uh, and there's also, there is a a bit of a cool factor. Like, (laughs) I would love to go shoot a 50 cal, like sniper rifle. I'd love to shoot a Desert Eagle, even if it broke my wrist. Well, I mean, and I love my wrist. <laughs> I love my wrist. <laughs> there goes the nightlight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, my my whole thing with that is, I mean, I would like to learn how you know to shoot a gun or whatever, but at the same time, if you're caught at the wrong time with one, oh well, no. It's well, not. I mean, you can own it legally. <laughs> 
You, you, maybe you haven't been watching the same videos I've been watching on Facebook. No. You're not going to own it legally? Oh, oh yeah, you can own it legally. Just don't let them know you have one. Oh. You're, oh. You just you have to have your permit. You got to have your stuff. And no, I see what you're... It. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like... Okay, it's a routine traffic stop, or it's some, you know, buddy's mouthing off outside the club, or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden, the guy's like, oh my god, it's the cops, and the cops go, oh, he's got a gun! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah. your little story. Yeah. But then, here's the thing, like, there are guys that don't have guns who get shot, mm -hmm. and they have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Because one, one of the first things Why we are taught when we're 10 years old... If you ever get in front of the cops, do not reach for your pockets for anything. No. Even if they ask for your ID, it's in my pocket. You can get it. I'm not moving no, my I've, arms. I've practiced with the police. I've been held at gunpoint twice in my life, both times by police. Hands immediately up. Oh, yeah. I've been arrested a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah? We're just going to say that. And you just you just do it. You throw your hands up. I didn't do it. And you just, uh, and just be cool about it. Mm -hmm. The second you get a little swervy or crazy or somebody wants to run their little mouth a little bit, yeah, you might get thrown but, to the ground. Well, no, no, it's it's yeah, not yeah, that. Yeah. It's It that has a lot to do with it. We in Alabama, no. manners mean a lot, even with the police. I understand that, but how a cop approaches you and how they approach me are going to be two totally different situations. And that sucks because of the cop yeah. and the training. I spent five years in corrections working in county jails. And anybody who was ever under my care will tell you I am I was the fairest corrections officer ever. It doesn't matter who you are, what you did, what color you are, what what last name you have. The rules are the rules. Yeah. And that's just always the way that I've been. Right. And yeah. it, it's it's hard for me to look at the things where the cops overstep their bounds. And, 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 in, in a wrong way. And, and the thing is, like, a lot of those police shooting videos that you see on the internet and stuff like that, the one thing you notice is that the cop is scared. Yes. He's the one mm -hmm. with the gun, but he's scared. Well, and that's lack of experience. Right. Lack of training. Lack of experience. But, but this is my question. Why would you have a cop like that ride by himself then? Usually you would have a senior member ride with a rookie cop. That's the to that's break ideal. Him in. City, that is ideal. City budget. Yep. Exactly, because we all see, we all seen the movie Colors. You know, you got the, actually the, I haven't. No, come on, not so. In the nineties, I gotta learn. He's not scared until the time. Happens. I was watching The Lion King in the nineties. Excuse Which me, which was Mary. still horrible. I watched Lion King last night. Still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I really Simba. did. Rose loved it. You Long like live the king. You like, uh, then he just throws him off a cliff. Yeah, Hail yeah, that's king. that's that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> sometimes there's, you know, malevolence in the world. There are evil things, like Uncle Scar. Scar <laughs> <laughs> sucks. Uh, no, I, I do love how in Disney movies, everything's like a monarchy. It's like, there's no freedom here. I mean, they could be a good or a bad monarch, but it's like, Simba, everything the light touches is yours. <laughs> it's like, whoa! You don't have to earn anything. We're Talk about it to you. That sounds a little exactly. imperialist there, Mufasa. And then Simba was kind of like the spoiled kid, just ran away, you know, went to live with his friends, was living the good life, and then the chick tracks him down. I'm like, come on! <laughs> well, here, let's, uh, let's answer this phone call before we hit this break, see who this is. Uh, you're on the air, who's this? 
Larry G, Joey. Hey, Larry G. And did you see how it happened? The conversation naturally flowed right to what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to interject a few things briefly when you get a moment. Go ahead. You're on the air. Well, uh, you know, like I told Dan, see what's going on. Most of these cops that are getting shot are, are decent officers. The, with the rise and to fill in the audience, there has been a rise of police being shot and killed. Yeah, yeah, and what the unfortunate thing is that eighty percent of these guys, the cops are being like assassinated or shot or whatever. They're decent officers, but yet they keep their mouth closed about one or two bad apples in their ranks. They just said, well, I'm not going to speak. I don't I could lose my job. I got a house to pay for. I got a wife and kids. And I can understand that. But the, the bottom line is, when do this cancer stop? See, now, when you look at Washington, D.C., they could put a stop to it. But the bottom line is simple. Maybe I need to back that up. See, these grand jury people are decent folks, too. And you get these defense attorneys that comes in with this reverse propaganda. And the grand jury and the foreman, all oh, they get back there and they talk. And as far as I'm concerned, what they conclude with would be that we have a choice here. Mm-hmm. We know the cops are wrong. Do we go with the cops or do we go with the victim? Most time they go with the cops because they are afraid of repercussions, which is sort of crazy. And I asked myself, how could those drillers go home and look their kids in the face and say, you know what? I did the best I could before God. Well, 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 sometimes isn't it the, the, the legal argument? There are legal allowances given to the police a great deal. So something that looks terrible on tape is uh well it's legal sadly well, well, i don't think i don't well, agree with it often and you have to you have to realize in the justice system you're judged by a juror of your peers a lot of times the peers don't look like the community so that's how a lot of those officers get away with things like that well, well and, yeah there's a lot of legal privilege given uh to the police and i would right. be all for um some way if there is an officer involved shooting to have a different sort of uh, oversight and system involved. Uh, well, let me uh, allow me to inject this real quick. Here, here's the sad commentary. You know, when you have human beings on the jury and they're afraid to do the right thing, it always had a rebound effect. Now you got citizens of the United States of America. They snap in. They're blowing cops away, and they feel like they said, "Well, now." The grand jurors are afraid, as far as I'm concerned, because look at this woman up in, I think it was uh, Oklahoma, where the female officer said that she thought this guy that was high on dope had a gun. But the law there states that all a cop got to do is they fear you have a gun, they can shoot. And as a consequence, she got away with it, and she's still uh, practicing law. And I understand that she's trying to get that record regarding that particular mishap erased from her record totally. And I understand her superiors along with it. Well, and I... Okay, I think this has to go to... Number one, I usually don't advocate for more government funding, but I think if you're a police officer, especially with those legal privileges um, to use deadly force more so than an average citizen, uh, that you need several years of education and probably a higher salary. And because you are held to a higher standard, I think the biggest problem in terms of talking about these issues is instead of talking about Officer Smith, we're talking about cops. 
in general, and it I becomes like, it becomes sort of a collective tribal fight. Um, allow me sixty most seconds, and I'm going to move on. Right. Here's the bottom line: If I was on a board regarding police misconduct, brutality, etc., you notice when a cop is on an administrative leave, they say what well, the officers involved on administrative leave, mm-hmm. but they don't interject. The cop is on paid vacation. You see, that's just now. See, these cops, if you're a cop, the worst can happen to a cop that, let's say a cop blow Larry G away tomorrow, they thought they had a gun. Now, the worst can happen, that police department that he's affiliated with might fire him, but the grand jury is not going to find him guilty. That, that's the way it is. We got a look, we got a situation coming up here in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the grand jury's not going to be able to find that cop guilty for killing Greg Gunn. It, it would not happen. So the bottom line is simple. Mm-hmm. I understand that the cop had his body cam off. You know what? <laughs> the sad commentary is, Joey, the majority of our police departments are corrupt to the core, and you have to start from the top and work your way down. I don't think Joey, we I can, love you much. I appreciate it, Larry. I don't know if we can make that broad of a statement. I think it's worse in some places, better than others. But I, yeah. I, I, I hear your concern, and uh, I appreciate the call tonight, man. I appreciate your time, man. All right. Have a good night. Yeah, it's a tough issue. I, it's an issue that brings out a lot of emotion, and I think it would do us all. It's how I approach almost everything. It's like, look at the individual people and the larger circumstances that lead to that individual making that decision, um, rather than saying, you know, the police department's corrupt. And I mean, that's, yeah, and it, yeah. it may or may not be. It depends on the place, but I, I don't know about Montgomery in that people. regard. I, I think people need to change. Yeah. Well, we all we need is love. Yeah. yeah, people need to change. You think about the big picture. Think about the little man, the little ants. The little ants need to be happier. All right, we the ants. I always go back to Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. Thank you. The first one. A person is smart. People are stupid. Yeah. Woo. Amen. Woo. I like go that. ahead, fiance. Ah, go I ahead. Like that. You're getting man. married. <laughs> no, I'm not. You deserve no, a not. kiss for that. <laughs> no, seriously, like a Brand. Hershey's kiss. I've got something. Oh, hey, I want those. <laughs> we'll no, be... I was about to say, where's it? <laughs> oh, we'll be right back, folks. You're listening to the Joe Clark Radio Hour, where we got fiance, Seth, Woo! Mr. Spotlow, Brandon. What's going on? Yeah. We'll be right back after this. Thank you for that, Christy. Who will be my guest next Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday? I've invited Emily to be on. See, I've got my dude panel. I'm trying to build a lady panel. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I gotta... I'm diversified. I'm torn, you know? Because I did a ladies' night months ago. Time is money. And uh, I've got the long hair. I'm putting in hair oil. Like, I'm working out, doing yoga. Am I turning into a woman? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You're going to have girl talk and guy talk? Yeah, like I don't even have to like change my name. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, but I I want my male persona to be talking like this, and then my female persona, be, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Just to confuse me, don't you dare judge me. <laughs> no, it gets to a point where it's, uh, things are, are so unique and like individualized, like my identity, don't you dare question my identity, to where sometimes you don't know if somebody is genuine or if they're like mocking the very concept. Like the, what is it, the other kin stuff? Like, I'm a fox. Yeah. It's like, wait, are you genuinely, like, that's what you are? And fair enough, if you are, you, like, want to pretend you're an animal other than a homo sapien. But you could also be mocking the whole concept by doing that. It's like the South Park episode where Cartman keeps claiming he's going to kill himself, but he's doing it just to get attention. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that's, away from other people. That's a case of just overthinking things, you know, it taking is. taking something that someone says and just thinking a thousand different ways when they only really meant it one way. Yeah, it just I don't know. But uh, let's go to the phone to talk to Robert. And as we talk about the issue of police shootings, uh, some call it police brutality, that officer deaths are up to this year, officers that have nothing to do with these shootings. I, I think it's great to have this as a soundtrack. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> so, Robert, go on. Hey, hey guys, how y'all doing? We're Good. okay, we're okay. Good. What's going on? Uh, there's no excuse for killing police officers, no matter what the situation is. But it's like the earlier caller said, once that grand jury goes into that security room, there's nobody there to represent the victim. The DA job is to, to uh, talk and it's what he finds to the grand jury. You cannot respond back for any questions that happen to you because you're not allowed in there. Only the, the DA right. can go into the grand jury and present your case. So there's no cross-exam. There's no way you can represent yourself. And they don't find enough evidence to bind this person over to a legal trial. They just throw it out. Yes. And the second part to that is that's, that's representation without your, without, without your permission to even have a way to respond back to it. You should be allowed to be there to serve your side of the argument within the grand jury. So that needs to be straightened out first and foremost. The second thing is these officers got to understand the ones that got sh the ones that shot the boy down in New Orleans, they had got a phone call from the store saying he had a weapon. Right. Okay, now, you got this call saying he had a weapon. You shouldn't even got close enough to him to wrap him down to the ground. Right. You knew he was armed before you got out of your vehicle. And it is ironic, isn't it? Or maybe right. it's not ironic, but it. like these mass shooters don't get shot. Right. And then, okay, now, take the one where the young black guy got shot in the car with his girlfriend under the steering wheel. Okay, if that was a traffic stop, she was driving it. She was the driver. Why wouldn't the officer on the driver's side? Why did he go to the patent side and ask the guy on the patent side for his ID? Then when the boy reached for his ID, he panicked and shot him. Yep. You made the traffic stop on the female. She was the violator of the incident that you stopped her for. Yeah. So you put your don't put yourself in the predicament. Then first next was all for all officers. I've never been to training for officers. I've never been one. But if I was in that position, I would not make a traffic stop with that bag up now. It's yeah. too dangerous. Well, another thing we were talking about, uh, most cities have had to cut budgets and things like that. So usually you would have a veteran officer that would ride with the rookie and kind of show them the ropes. And that's not happening now. You have a lot of rookie officers who are riding by themselves. Riding and, by they, themselves. and they are afraid. So, I mean, it's it's not, it's not. They're on that night shift. 
Exactly. And it's not it's not all their fault either. You know, you have to see it from their point of view. You know, you're riding up on this car by yourself mm-hmm. right. and it's a group of, you know, young young males and stuff young and, and you're nervous. You're nervous. And uh, yeah. not only that, like you said, they're riding by themselves because the senior officer had been promoted up to day shift. Now, or they retire. Them. Or they retire, right. yeah. All right, but now you got rookies out there on the graveyard shift by themselves. And a lot of people know dangerous things happen after dark. Yep. Dangerous people do dangerous things in the dark. So yep. we need yep. to get back to giving them support. Some kind of way or another, the, the surrounding officers need to help each other. The sheriff need to help the city. The city need to help the sheriff. If the sheriff here in the city made a phone a stop, and you got a sheriff deputy in that area, roll on over there and give him support. Yeah, there, there are ways to, to make this better, and I, I appreciate right. the call, Robert. I All really right. do. And it's an issue that should be... Um, I think sometimes people pull on the emotional, the heartstrings, because to get attention, which is how, I mean, if you want to advance any idea, that's what you do. Um, but these are going to be issues solved by experts who have studied the policy, what's the best way to create oversight, to give more training. Um, I think there has been a little bit of a shift towards we need to protect officers um, over community safety at times, and that's not necessarily the whole nation. That's particular departments. But I want to move to uh, to something else. I, I, I understand. And another thing, this is what your local politicians are for. So get out and vote at your local yeah. elections if you want to change things. It's true. This eye patch is making me want to go back in the day before Facebook we should bring it back, man. Eye for an eye. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> Going Old Testament on us, Seth? Hey, man, whatever you want to call it. I call it fair. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> One person at a time, man. We're going little picture. I, 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 I get that, yeah. but, but like I said, things aren't going to change overnight, and we just have to take small steps and work towards changing things in our community. One person at a time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now I want to move to something else. Okay. Yeah. I was looking back through my old uh, high school yearbooks. Uh oh. Uh oh. How many women signed your yearbook? Probably a lot. No, not that many. Really? Yeah. I got in trouble for uh, writing in one guy's yearbook a quote from Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah, that where uh, they're in the uh, Rob Lowe character's apartment and uh, Garth looking around, snooping around while they're out on the balcony. And he, he, like, looks in the guy's drawer, and he pulls out a, a condom. He goes, rib for her pleasure. Ew. <laughs> I wrote that exactly <laughs> in somebody's yearbook in eighth grade, and apparently that's not allowed. Eighth grade? I, I guess not. Eighth yeah. grade. It's just like, how do you know that? It's like, I'm cultured. <laughs> Unlike you, you never seen Wayne's World? It's well, funny. Well, well, guess what? I, I can imagine the parent-teacher conference right there. Uh, no, but th- here's the thing. My mom would act upset at that stuff because she did. it wasn't appearance. She was much a perfectionist and mm. an idealist in many ways. Whereas my dad, I know, thinks that stuff's hilarious. <laughs> so it was, like, it was like mom would scold you and then dad would take you mm. to the side. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Then mom leaves the room. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Hey, yeah. who laughed? Who laughed? You know, he just asked you stuff right. like that. It's just stupid stuff. Just stupid stuff. But, I, you know, I look back at the old pictures. Like, man. Like, there's one phase of my life where my ears, like, I look like I'm about to fly off. <laughs> my ears grew before everything else. And I've never been, in my humble opinion, photogenic. 
I've okay. never been photogenic. I'm not that. I don't. I don't have a toothy smile. My teeth are tiny, much like my nipples. <laughs> and uh, no, they are. They're like dime size. It's weird. Um, dime size. It's you know. I just wow. I've always been self conscious about photos. So I think when it comes time to like do any sort of occasion photos, you got to go full silly. And we actually have a man in studio. Oh, yeah. Who's gone through this process recently. Fiance. Yes, just yesterday. You took. We did engagement photos yesterday. Yeah, wow. Freaking awesome. Really? Our photographer is great. He, he was, it, it was, <clears throat> I don't take, I don't like pictures. I don't like taking good pictures. You know, Emily's kind of self-conscious about that. Yeah. And it's. It was the weirdest thing because he said, the more awkward you feel, it, the pose or whatever, the better the picture looks. Really? And, like, we were doing some, like, stuff that just felt a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd show us what? the picture, and it's, like, Bad the perfect Hallmark picture. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah. No, and I went on a rant uh, about this last night at the restaurant. But uh, the one engagement photo that maybe it's my cynical single guy side coming out. Mm-hmm. But it's the one where it's, like... The the to be husband and the to be wife. The husband's like coddling her, like and and her head is rested on his chest. It's so sweet and caring, and I just go, oh, yep, we did it. <laughs> oh, I know, I know what they're going for, but it just seems so oh, like, too much. It, yeah, like, but the picture looks really good, though. It does. I have to, yeah, and I'm not in love, so I mean, you, know, yeah. you got to see it. How are you going to see it? No, no, I didn't. I'm talking oh, about no. it's a generic oh, one. A man. It's yeah. one of the shots people take when yeah. they're getting married. Uh, Emily called it the prom picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but no, it was it was really fun. So we so the, so here, here's my question when it comes to that: like, how many photos do you? So you got the engagement photos, then you're gonna have the wedding photos, then you're gonna have the honeymoon photos, mm-hmm. and then you have that tape. <laughs> well, <and> I, <laughs> Dad, what is what? this? Why is put that back? Why are you put hold, it back? Why are you holding a trident? <laughs> why? No, you, but you why, have, why is she dressed like Wonder Woman? You gotta have engagement <laughs> photos for like your save the date, like stuff you send out and stuff like that. Right. Oh, like Christmas cards. Like, I mean. Because right. you gotta announce that you're engaged, oh. even though we've already done that. But you've got to like. I was about to say, we call you fiancé for God's sake. Yeah, I know. Did my, my girls make it? Yes. Sweet. Both of them? Yep. Even the holy one? Even, we even got the I'm getting meowed <laughs> coffee cup in the picture. Cool. Well, and Loretta and Irene, man. And I want to do a little behind the scenes here. Like, break the fourth wall, bring people in on the process. Uh-huh. Off air, we're asking what's going to be the next song. So y'all suggested a Perfect Circle song, right. and Brandon suggested another song. And I said, I'd come out with y'all, and then I would somehow incorporate this song that Brandon suggested in the segment. Okay. So here's the deal. As the world becomes more digital, like and people more connected through what we now call social media, maybe it'll just become you know, life later. Um, <laughs> no! 
Yeah, I know. It's coming. <laughs> it's Fresh hell that will be. See, if I ever get engaged, I hope it's, you know, maybe like 10 years from now, that world is even more virtual. Like, maybe you already have a contact implanted in your eye where like, it's like, like superimposed <laughs> over actual buildings. You can see the virtual world. So instead of sending out like a postcard invitation, what I want to do is create like an engagement video. Like, yeah. Like me and Jill. We just got engaged! Oh, yeah. Like, you gonna tell us what to do? You gonna tell us what to say? You think you're better? That's right. No. You think this wedding's gonna be sappy? You think this wedding's gonna be sunshine, lollipops, flowers, and fondue fountains of chocolate and cheese? No! <laughs> We're having wrestling matches 24-7. Then we're going to ride down the road monster truck rally. That's right. DDT the prize, mate. <laughs> but, yeah, that was kind of an attempt to incorporate that song. Hey, that was Thanks, good, man. man. That, that was, was really good. Right. I liked it. And everything you just said is in a video that we were trying the the first one uh, disillusioned the video is everything you said really the contacts and everything god's in an uh, ipad god's in an ipad yeah. basically so this fill the audience in more context this is a, a perfect circle it's a song and a video right yeah. it's, well a it's, music video it's the music, music it's the video for the song disillusioned okay and it it talks about how we are engrossed in in our phones in yes. our, in our in we are a part of the net now. Well, well, well mm, I've, okay, I've, already, I've already said we're going to be just like the movie Lucy. Mm. And you they know, have just... contacts. Like, they put contacts in everybody, and this one girl walks outside and looks, you know, and sees the sky and people without phones. And they're like, ooh, and she runs back inside and saves everybody. Well, and everything's managed. Have y'all seen the movie? Really weird movie, but good. Um, because it takes this dystopian future where everything's managed, but it gives it a... It's not all about the tech, but it is about, okay, take the idea of the control and put it in a future where there is high tech, but then you bring it down to Earth. So the movie's called The Lobster. Mm. How yeah. old is it? Uh, it's about a year or two old. Mm. It just mm. came out not long ago. And essentially, what is it? It's not, is it I? Is it, it might be Colin Farrell. And anyway, the idea is if you are single, you have, I think, a month. And you're sent to this nice resort, which is actually a compound. But it's like this resort, and it says, oh, here, you'll be doing dates with different people. Um, and if you fail to find a partner within a month, by the way, no pleasuring yourself, no self-abuse. Um, and if you do engage in that, we might, you know, burn your hands or tie your hands behind your back when we put you in your room. But other than that, you know, you can play tennis, you can do archery, you can take singing classes. I automatically don't like this movie. <laughs> but if you fail to find a partner uh, uh, within a month, you will be turned into an animal of your choice. Once is pleasure, twice is abuse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so wrong. What animal would you pick? Well, I, I don't know. They said in the movie most people pick a dog, but uh, Colin Farrell picks, uh, I want to be a lobster. Really? <laughs> a lobster? Yeah, it's a weird movie, but...